where are all my friends, Elise? Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. This is uh, this is one of those ones where I'm really excited because I only know a little bit about your full-on like proper artist career, but I know we have a couple really cool mutual friends. Yeah. And I think. Do I have the honor of doing your first proper podcast? This is literally my first proper or improper podcast in general. Yes. So, yes. That means a lot. And I take that very seriously because I was telling you a little bit before we started that I have a big pet peeve when a host will talk over a guest, especially when it's like a story that you haven't heard a lot of. Mm -hmm. So I'm very honored to have you on. And I'm excited, like truly excited to hear a bit of your story because for the little bits that I know, there's a couple of really interesting parts of your story. Um, it's not every, uh, I'm not necessarily focused on artists on the podcasts. Mm -hmm. So any artist that I have on, I'm like, I, I want to talk to somebody that has like a cool, interesting story. Yeah. And the first thing that stood out to me is it seems like this is something that you've been all in on for a long time. Yes. Like not just like a, oh yeah, like this to this to this, like you knew, huh? Yeah. Um, so normally what I'll do to start a podcast is like take it back to the earlier days. But yeah, like what was that like? Where are you from? When did you know? Like what? Paint that picture. So basically, I mean, what you said is very true. I've known I've wanted to do this my whole life. I'm from the Bay Area. I grew up like around the peninsula of the Bay Area and Literally from the time that I could be conscious and speak, I was singing. There's like videos of me singing to the fucking baby. Ein Are we allowed to swear on this? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Fuck yeah. <laughs> to fuck the yeah. baby Einstein's theme song as like a two year old. And so I think my parents knew from when I was really young that I was going to be into music, but I don't think they knew how much. And yeah, like as soon as I was a little bit older, like six, seven, started going to school and, you know, doing all that. I was in choir. I was doing every local talent show that I could possibly find. Like I would literally go to my school and ask like, do you guys have the talent show? I was the weird kid who took the talent show really, really seriously. You like made them raise the production on the talent show. You're like, yes, look, this is like, the only stage props. I'm going to get. I need lighting. <laughs> like, yes. My first email that I ever made in fourth grade was popstarelise at yahoo.com. No fucking way. I have like a really old diary from when I'm a little kid that says like, when I grow up, I want to be a pop star and I want to be friends with Selena Gomez. Like, <laughs> No way. So, have yeah. you met her yet? No. You know that's going to happen. If that happens, like my inner child will be healed. Like, you know, though, like that's like that's that that's the stuff that actually happens. I know. I mean, already I've met people where I'm just like, damn, that yeah. was so cool. Like I was obsessed with you. Right. As a child. Like and it's it's like those moments when that happens, though, where you're like, oh, we're the same. Like, oh, like you're just excited about this thing, too. I know. It's like, wow, you're an actual like tangible human. Yeah. <laughs> like I think of you as a god. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, from from a really young age, I was just only into music. I didn't really do sports. I wasn't really into anything else other than writing. I also have always loved creative writing, which mm. I mean, writing and singing they Lyrics, go together like yeah, yeah. Bread, bread and butter. So yeah, yeah. I, I, started taking music a little more seriously once I was like old enough to once I started turning like 12 13 I started going out for auditions for like America's Got Talent and the X Factor yeah um with that like with your parents like if you knew from such a young age 
Were they supportive? Oh, yeah. Moment? Okay. They've always been super supportive. I mean, I don't know if they knew how far I was going to take it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because in my house, grades were very important. School was a priority. Going to college was not an option. It was like, that's what Oh, you it's do. mandatory. Yeah. So oh, that's geez. what I was gearing up towards. Like my whole life, I had good grades. Like I did extracurriculars. I was, you know, looking into like what colleges I was going to go to. Okay. I was curious of that because I was, I was wondering if you were so tunnel vision on being an artist, if that meant that you were just like full on, I'm ignoring everything else. I don't give a fuck if my grades are bad. Like it doesn't matter because I'm going to be an artist. Yeah. Or if it was like, great, I have super loving, supporting parents. They'll take me to these talent things and all that. But on the on the premise or on the word that I'm missing of like <laughs> that you have to keep your grades up. That's kind of like what I always thought it was going to be. So I... I was really focused on school. I wanted to go to NYU and like do music there anyway. But yeah. I think once I got into high school and started doing it, I I literally just realized I need to like get to LA and start doing it. I don't uh -huh. have time to go to college. Like I, I yeah. left high school after sophomore year. I got my GED and moved down here after sophomore year. I did that Are too. you a GED person? Yeah. It's hard. <laughs> Yes. Uh, fuck a four-year high school yes. degree. <laughs> That's crazy. Which was so crazy because I was like such a good student. And then all of a sudden, like, I'm not going to school anymore. I'm getting my GED. I'm moving to yeah. LA. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's what I was so in interested by because you're telling me about uh, X Factor. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wait, okay. So you knew you were going to be an artist. You went all in on this, but you couldn't go to the audition because you had to do a test. Yeah. So that moment at that young age, it was real, but not quite there. So tell me, continue that story. Cause I, well, I kind of cut you off there. No, no, you're good. Like that, that's kind of how it progressed. Basically, um, my freshman year of high school, I auditioned for Oakland school for the arts, uh -huh. which is like a performing arts school in Oakland. Yeah. <laughs> and they had like one spot left in the vocal major for the school for freshman year. And yeah. I didn't think I was going to make it. And then I ended up getting in and I was like, holy shit, like I'm about to go to Oakland School for the Arts. Like Zendaya went there. They have so many oh, notable like alumni. And I was, yeah, it's a crazy school. So I went there. I lasted about three weeks. <laughs> there are certain things where like you can go to college and get a music education. And like, I haven't done that. So I can't speak on that experience. But yeah. all I know is getting an education in something in school and doing it in yeah. real life are two very different things. And right. they teach you very different things. Right. So well, I guess what's so interesting is like yeah. you, you almost were on that path. You were almost the full scholar side. Yeah. And then you turned this like path of like GED. I'm going all in. Yeah. That's fascinating. Because I just kind of realized, like, am I going to go to college for singing? Like, I already know how to sing. I already right. love to sing. I don't think I need to, like, go learn classical music theory. And I'm not that that stuff wouldn't help me. It definitely would have still been an awesome experience. But I think I just wanted to dive in head first. Like, I was just ready to do it. I and love that. My mom was very supportive because... My mom is actually an immigrant. She came here from Iraq when she was 15 um, and like is just like a self-made immigrant from Iraq. So how was she going to tell her 17-year-old daughter that she can't go pursue her dreams when she did like the exact same thing at a young age too? So <clears throat> that's I have a whole thing on children of immigrants because it's like 
there's an appreciation for your parents working so hard yeah. and they want the world for you. So that's probably why they wanted you to be such a good student. Yeah. But ultimately they want the world for you. Of course. So like if you know your thing, like you're painting that picture well, I get it. Yeah. Like they wanted you to do well in school, but ultimately they're like, okay, you have a dream. Like we just want to see you succeed. Exactly. Yeah. Like when I started taking it really seriously and like wouldn't shut the fuck up about it and was like, this is what I'm going to do with my life. Yeah. My mom didn't stand in my way. She was very supportive. And my dad too. That's so they were sick. both very supportive and like, you know, helped me out a lot. And still to this day, anytime anything happens, like they can, my boyfriend yeah. and manager can both attest to this. The first person I call is my mom. And I'm like, mom, what do I do? This thing just happened in my career and I need like guidance right now. Yeah. My mom did not know a lick about the music industry when I started this stuff. And just from like me and doing this for the last five, six years, she literally could like be a music manager right now. No way. <laughs> it's insane. So just like that much love and care of like, if that's, if you were going all in, like she's going to be there to support you. For sure. Yeah. So sick. Okay. So then POV, you at 16 years old being like, all right, I'm going to go from super good grades, GED, all in LA. Like that's terrifying. Did your parents come down here with you or like, what did that look like? They that's didn't insane. come down here with me. I moved here alone, but the first oh, like dang. year or two I was here, my mom was really splitting her time between the Bay and LA. She was yeah. with me like 50% of the time. And then my dad and my younger brother were obviously up in the Bay, but yeah, it was crazy. Like she was literally driving the five hour drive back and forth, like twice a week or like at least once a week for like a good year and a half. She tells me it aged her. She's like, I would look five years younger if I didn't do that for those years. So like, they're, probably right. they're supportive, but they'll let you know the sacrifices oh, yeah. they made. They'll let me know, but like valid. Yeah. Okay. So again, in like my perception of your career and the way everything I've seen, everything I've heard, another bit of your story that's that's really interesting to me is you with the, the picture that you're painting, there is the strong chance that you could have been the really out of touch kid that did music wrong. Like you had auditioned for X Factor, your parents let you go all in in LA, like at a very young age, there can be some like really like snaky, sharky people that like take advantage of those careers or guide them to just be like really whack. Like again, don't mean to directly say it, but as for the example, like the Rebecca Black Friday vibes of mm -hmm. like young, you know? Yeah. However, as I look at your career and I look at the music you put out and the way that you present the artist project, it's fucking perfect. Thank and like you. you align, like we have mutual friends, like we were talking about Savage Gasp, you were on his album, like your circle and your everything is really authentic and well put together. And so far from that, did that, like, how did you navigate those early days of LA? Like, did you run into those weird people that were trying to make you like weird I child star that wasn't did. you? Yeah. Like the... The music that you can go see that's out on my Spotify and stuff and the friends that I surround myself with now and the people I surround myself with now, that did take a lot of work and a lot of going through crazy shit to get to this point. So this isn't like V1 of you. Like you had a lot of... <clears throat> I've lived yeah, many yeah. lives. Okay. Like it's yeah. insane. I So I moved to LA in 2016 and yeah. I didn't start putting out music till 2018. And there's no a way. whole two year like time period there that I've never even really talked about like publicly that so much crazy ass shit happened in. Like you're saying like the Rebecca Black Friday stuff and like just like predatory older men trying to, right? you know, like, like whatever the hell that 
thing is in the yeah. music industry. And like a really similar, I mean, not really similar, but something like that did happen to me where when I first came down to LA, there was like this dude that reached out and keep in mind, like I know I came to LA knowing nothing, right? nothing about the music industry. I literally thought if I like ran into a celebrity at earth cafe and sang for them, I could like become famous. Let's like go. I knew nothing. Why can't it still be that? <laughs> I know. That would be I great. I was like, I'm going to get talent <laughs> scouted on the street. Like oh. I didn't know anything. So <laughs> And all I had been doing at the time was this was like a very different era of social media when Instagram was like king. And I yeah. had been dropping a lot of covers on like Instagram and YouTube. Smart. And at the time, there was those big Instagram channels for like singing videos that would have like 20 million followers. And they started finding me and like posting my oh. singing videos. And that's like how I started getting an Instagram following in the first place. Oh, so when that smart. happened, this dude hit me up and basically was like, Hey, I have a label and, uh, we want to like sign you to it mm -hmm. essentially. Um, I didn't realize at the time that literally any person Joe on the street can go open an LLC tomorrow and that can be a label and it can really not be a real valid thing at all. I thought, oh shit, and a label wants to sign me. Let's go. Right. So I meet with them. I'm 17 at the time. They want to sign me and I'm like, cool, let's do it. And almost immediately. And by the way, there's like no money, no advance, like nothing like that. No. Just, and it's probably, and they it's take not an even aggressive... a label deal. It's a 360 production deal, which is like hell on earth. And it literally. probably holds you for fucking perpetuity. Yeah. Yeah. So I signed that. Oh, and almost fuck. immediately I am getting told that I'm too fat to be a pop star and that I need to lose weight. So they put me with a personal trainer that I had to work with seven days a week, like to the point where I'm throwing up in workouts because like I'm getting worked out so hard. I was going to weigh myself on a scale once a week in front of them. They would tell me I can't record until I like hit a certain weight goal on the scale. They also told me that I wasn't allowed to write songs because they they would say like, you have such an amazing voice. Like you're a Whitney Houston, you're a Mariah Carey. You're not a songwriter. You're a big voice singer. And so I wasn't allowed to write songs. I would just only record pre-written songs. And I recorded so many absolutely god awful songs like they sounded like something that fifth harmony would have thrown away as a throwaway song in 2012 oh vibes. my god so you fully like the thing that i am afraid of of the music industry like you it did happen like it you happened. went through it it was crazy how the fuck Thankfully, did you get out oh my god it was a crazy like year. I don't even know if it was a full year. It might've been just under a year, but basically I recorded all these songs. I was never allowed to drop them because of this reason or that reason. They were always like just backtracking it, which yeah. in the long run, I'm so Thank grateful. Yeah. None of that ever came out because yeah. it was awful. Um, but eventually they, we just ended up getting out because think about it. They'd barely spent money on me. Really right. the main money spend was putting me with a personal trainer. That's so fucked. And that's like, so insane. Other than that, there was really no money spent and like we were able to get out just by hiring a lawyer and like my mom helped me obviously I was like 17 I didn't know what I was doing and we got out of it pretty much Scott Scott is it Scott free or scotch free I've always wondered that okay so this is one of the do you know <laughs> it's scotch free scotch Scott? free I scotch free sounds way better there was another one I just learned uh floor to ceiling windows uh -huh. used to think it was Florida ceiling 
Yeah. Being from Florida, I was like, man, I guess we like really pioneered something special with these windows. Florida ceiling windows. I was like, they seem pretty centered. I don't know. So Scotch, Scott. Scott free. It's Scott free. But it's S-C-O-T free. Scott free. S-C-O-T free. Oh. Mm. A Scott is an injury. Wow. Okay, so you get out scot-free. So I got out scot-free. And then pretty quickly after that, I like actually started realizing how the music industry worked. I started learning a lot and like doing sessions with like other writers and producers who were like valid and had like, you know, networks of people. And I I just started eventually meeting people and making friends and like learning more and more and I stayed independent for a long time after that because I was like, there's no point. Like yeah. that was my only label experience and yeah. I did not want a repeat of that. So, but I mean, they weren't really a label. It was literally well, no, some dude that was just, like, I'm a, I'm a label. Totally. <laughs> like, it's just, that's so crazy. That's like, I was a f- like, I, I wasn't sure what that would be like to like come here at that age. And I was like, I wonder and like what you just explained, I was like, I didn't even know it was that bad. Like the fact that it could get that bad. Like I was like, oh yeah, maybe you had to like record some whack music videos or some guy gave you like bad advice or something like, oh God. Yeah. So, it's okay. okay. Well, Trauma builds strong bones. <laughs> I got thin <laughs> skin, thicker <laughs> than something that's thick. I can't think of anything. I don't know, like tree thicker bark or something? Oatmeal. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Sure. <laughs> run it. Scott free. We're learning them all. We're making them. We're, we're making them up. Okay. We're just going for it. Okay. Yeah, so, so thank God. And then, cause again, like I, the artist that I see of you now, like it's really, really like it's it. You did you. it. And like your music, the image, the, all of it, it's, it's, you get it. So do you think that that's like years in the game or like, so you get out of that, what happens next? Like what are also too, like, what are you inspired by at this time? Like, did you have a clear idea of what you wanted your project to sound like, or did that take some time and discovery? It's weird because I did have a clear idea of what type of artist I wanted to be like. And I mean, my artist project isn't like some made up character I created. It really is directly influenced by things I actually like and enjoy and how I've kind of what I've always been into as a person. Obviously, when you're an artist, you kind of want to create this more like fantastic version yeah. of yourself. Um, that's like a little bit, you know, cooler than regular. You, yeah, like an exaggerated, more grandiose. Exactly. Just for the yeah. sake of it's stories like a persona. Yes. But it really does stem from my interests. Like I've always been very into horror, very into like reading mystery novels and like creative, like writing and reading. And I think that's where a lot of like my image stemmed from is that I've been really into like the darker horror side of like media but then at the same time I also am obsessed with the super overly feminine girly things like I've always loved big bows and dresses and princesses and all that shit so I kind of like conjoined those together and that kind of became my artist project right but as far as like the actual sonic stuff and like the musicality of it I did know where I wanted to go but when I came to LA and that whole situation happened and other just like weird situations happened. It sort of derailed me from that because the music I was recording at that time was not like my music now. Like it was very bubblegum pop, like kind of like outdated, like 
2010s yeah like vibes. what you think the industry might want to hear type beat what the industry like, wanted to hear two decades ago I but see. also like not good right so, <laughs> so it was like you had to like realign with like your original inspirations and be like oh wait i can just do me and like do the shit that i like exactly yeah. so after that whole situation happened at the time i'm like 18 i was just like you know what i'm just gonna start making music, going to sessions, meeting writers and producers, and just making music that I like. And yeah. I'm going to write it all myself. Because so at this sick. point, I hadn't been writing songs. I mean, obviously writing songs in my room by myself, but I hadn't been writing songs in sessions because I was not allowed to. Yeah. So I'm like writing for the first time in sessions, just kind of like soaking it all in, like getting the vibe of what it's like to be consistently making music in sessions. And then by the time... I turned 19 or, or 20. That's when I released my first single after I had like a year of recalibration and yeah. was able to kind of like build my sound, see where I wanted to go, build my brand. That's when I was like, okay, now I can actually drop. So you kind of had to put the reps in, like you did kind of have to just like go through the motions of doing it and everything that you had learned up until then led to that point of it. For sure. Like, yeah. And I loved it. Like it's, I still love it. It's super yeah. fun. Like just making hella music all the time. Like yeah. what a cool job. <laughs> right. I love that too. Like, I think that like, uh, we were all talking about how like the old hardcore days and like that. And mm -hmm. you're like, that's cool. Like I know it, but like that wasn't it. But I think that like, all of my favorite artists and all of my favorite community, the people, it comes from this side of like counterculture and breaking rules. And I think that the industry got so formulaic of like, you have to time your singles and an EP and an album and it all has to look like this. And then this generation, your generation, and it doesn't even matter the genre, just like the accessibility of I can write music, I can upload it, I can put it out, started to really break things. And it was so refreshing because it really is just like, I like this. I'm going to put it out. Yep. And it's so good. And it just breaks all of these stupid traditional timings and rules. And it's it's really special to watch that happen. And yeah, now, labels like, don't have the power anymore. Right. Like, people get huge from their bedrooms. Now. Yeah. Like and and labels don't know what to do about it. They're yeah. like scrambling because so they're fun. like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Because everything is so accessible now. You don't need yeah. a label to really do anything. And it's not like labels break artists and develop artists anymore. All they do is hop on the bandwagon of things that are already going off on their own. So you're so fucking smart. I love it. <laughs> Thank yeah. You. It's but yeah, real. it's really true. Like you just don't need them. You can literally make songs on your laptop in your room and become Pink Panthers, Pink Panthers or Breakins or like any of these artists that literally Such just go references. insane from that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then next question with your career and all that. So now <clears throat> like your Spotify, your artist project, does 911 break a hundred million streams? It just did. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was shook. <laughs> Lifetime accomplishment. Like insane. Thank you. Did you, as you start to put music out, how long did it take before you started to notice your own momentum of like, oh shit, this might work? I think... I really started to notice it with 911 actually because oh, yeah? the way it went is I dropped a single, my first single, and then I dropped like two more singles. Yeah. And they did okay. Like they got a couple million streams. I was pretty hype about it. I was like, damn, yeah. a million streams. Like at the time, that was like, holy fuck, it's, my first song got a million streams. I like, mean, that's still right now. Like that, that's yeah. A, 
not everybody does that. Like yeah. that's an accomplishment. So I was very happy. And I think that's attributed to the fact that I kind of already had built like a social media following by then, okay. by the time I dropped my first song. Yeah. Um, not like a, anything huge. I mean, still to this day, it's not like I'm a social media celebrity. Yeah. But, but you like, it sounds like you understood how to play the game because you understood 2016, like cover days. Mm -hmm. So you understood the value of social media and how to like strategically do it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just kind of built a small following, but enough to where when I dropped a song, like I had some people that cared and wanted to stream it. And I mean, I still think it's kind of a good song to this day. Like it held up. So yeah. I, I dropped a couple singles and then I dropped 911. 911 was not even a single. I dropped a four. I had this idea. I yeah. was like, I want to drop a Halloween EP. That would be so cool. I love yeah. Halloween. I love making spooky songs. Yeah. I'm going to just make a little four song Halloween EP. Yeah. And 911 was on it. And I just dropped it as an EP. And at first, it didn't do well at all. Like it didn't get a lot of streams. It was really? kind of just doing the same as my other music. But like almost a year maybe not a full year, maybe like six months after I dropped it, 911 started picking up and started getting way more streams than like all my other songs combined. Whoa. And I started being like, oh shit, like I'm actually getting some, like I'm actually getting some streams and some, some shit going on. Can you trace it back to any event? Like, do you know what did it? Oh yeah. So it was super weird and cool. Like there was this game called Gotcha and it still exists. There's this game called Gotcha Life and it's like a computer game where you basically have like a character and I don't, I don't play games at all. So I don't know like yeah, the full yeah. scope of it, but it started getting big in the scene of people who played that game. Okay. And people started making like music videos with their characters to my song. Oh. And then that sort of bled into like other subculture scenes of like internet kids. And yeah, yeah it just started like getting so many streams. And I was like, at the time I was fully independent, like uploading on TuneCore. So I was like, Damn. So you owned the song? Yeah. So, so like I, that song like changed your life. Oh, literally it changed my life. Like I started making solid my income. Favorite thing to hear. I That's started so like fucking sick. It was awesome. It was so cool. And then that was, I think it started getting popular in like 2019. And then in 2020, I was like, okay, I have some songs that are doing good now. I'm like building myself up as an artist. Now I think it's time to go like get a proper team around me. So oh. that kind of led into the next chapter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I've lived lives. It's <laughs> nuts. But like that's, that again is why I love this podcast because I think a lot of times think about like the 16 year old version of you that wants to start a project or younger, but like is doing it at 16 and what if they saw your current profile and your current setup and they're like, I'll never be that. And it's like, no, you don't understand. Like you will. Like there's so many lives and so many chapters to get to those moments. Yeah. So I find it really encouraging when people share those stories because it shows that it is possible if you continuously put it in and don't give up and like ride those waves of like different chapters and lives. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's why true. I think it's so cool that you're like explaining it so well. Yeah. It's, so, it's interesting. It's like life. I feel like the older you get, the more you realize how many eras of life there is. And like, especially for me growing up, I felt like I was, I never really felt like that before. And then once I moved to LA, I mean, I was in LA at 17, unsupervised, not insane. in school, partying, Yeah, I was gonna going say, like, to clubs. You could have gone in such a different path. 
And I have. <laughs> the path has been a freaking zigzag yeah. all over the place. But I pulled it together because I realized like, okay, I'm here to do music. I'm not here to fuck around and party Whoa. and club and do all that. Do you think that was necessary though? I definitely think it was necessary. Yeah. I think the fact that I partied so much in my teenage years yeah. made me able to be the like chill, mature person I am today. Yeah. Because I got it out of my system. That's, yeah. Like if I go out for one night now, I need multiple days of recovery <laughs> and I don't even but enjoy it. You don't have FOMO though. Like Never. you don't see that because you know, if you've lived it and you've partied to its fullest, yep. you know what every one of those parties are. You know how it's going to be so it's like now when you go out and for one night you're like i guess i can but it's just not worth it yeah but exactly. like if you don't experience that, i'm not saying everybody has to go and like go out on a bender chapter no. of your life and get <laughs> fucked up and like i think fun. that there's like the sides of it where maybe you like it too much and you don't grow up and then you just get addicted or end up becoming a loser so yeah i guess uh party with caution but i do really respect the people that have done exactly that and like fully yeah. get that chapter done. I think for it. me it was really necessary because I I like being like hectic and crazy. Well, not yeah. really anymore. I feel like I've really calmed down the last couple years of my life, but yeah. until recently, like I enjoyed being like just insane, chaotic, chaotic yeah. Yeah. unhinged. Yeah. And I did it so much and was just in crazy friendships and had crazy, crazy boyfriends and was partying and doing all this stuff. And now I'm just like, okay, I don't want any part of this. Yeah. And I used to get FOMO and would literally go out just because I was going to be like anxious and depressed if I didn't go yeah, out and missed you'd out. see all the other shit on the internet and be like, fuck. And now I'm like, I just don't care anymore. Yeah. I just want to be at home with my cats and like my really small circle of people. Yeah. And that is my ideal life. But the just don't care, it's easy to say that. But like a lot of people can say that and actually care. So that's like when you know it and you can really say it, then you're like, we're chilling. Yeah. So that's cool. All this happens, career growth. You kind of come back to this moment where you're like, damn, all right, maybe I do do a team. Maybe I do take this seriously. I'm curious if you had had such a negative experience of like the worst version of the music industry, this Walmart ass label, like <laughs> tormenting you, like, did you have like a hesitancy to like build a team around you? Or was it out of necessity of like my shit's too popping? I need to grow. I need legitimate people to help me like elevate this. Like, what did that look like? What was your school of thought as an artist? It was kind of a mixture of things. It was a little bit of that where I was like, okay, I genuinely want a team because yeah. I want to take my career to the next level. And I feel like I've kind of, and I mean, I disagree with this thought now, but three years ago, me thought that I had gone as far as I could go independently and I like oh. kind of needed a team to keep going. Now I totally disagree with that. I don't even, I don't, I mean, I think you do need a good manager and a good lawyer and stuff, but labels yeah. and all these other things, I don't think it's really a necessity at any point Yeah. until, unless you're obviously on the radio, you're Ariana Grande, yeah. you have yeah. million dollar music videos. Like, but at the time that was definitely a reason. And then I, I wasn't really, this is kind of a thing I've I've noticed in myself and it might even be to my detriment a little bit, but I don't really get like traumatized by things. Mm. So I don't, when something bad happens to me, it doesn't like scare me to do it again because mm. I just, I just, I don't care. Like, I, I don't know, know how to explain it. <laughs> no, that's, that's cool. I used to think I was like, something was wrong with me because something crazy would happen. And I'm like, I should 
feel really upset about this, mm -hmm. but I feel completely fine. And it like doesn't really have a lasting effect on me. I think that that's like one of the biggest, most valuable things to have in life. Like I, I'm going to absolutely butcher it. I, I won't remember it, but there's like a Japanese like little adage, a little saying, and it's basically like this happened and now we move on. Like there's, it, it's happened. It's done. Yeah. Like there's no, you get no benefit from, from sticking dwelling. in that. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly so, my mindset. Like yeah. shitty things happen. If you didn't have problems, you wouldn't be alive. Yeah. Everybody goes through shit. And also anytime I go through a problem, I just think about how many people are going through way worse problems. Yeah. And then it like makes me feel like, okay. Yeah. You're like, I, my career down. is being a musician. I like, get to like be an artist and do this. Like I have okay. food to eat and a yeah. roof over my head and like a family that loves me. Like, yeah, it's all going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel you. Yeah. I broke my leg in 2019 and like, it's not like that threatened that I would never walk again, but for a long time I couldn't walk in the recovery and now I'll have bad days and I'm like, I can walk. Nothing matters. We're good. It's like, true. It's, right? When like, you go through something crazy, you can like reflect on it later and it puts shit into perspective. I mean, perspective is everything. It's insane. I use perspective to like get myself out of shitty mental feelings all the time. Yeah. That's like the only tactic I have. That's so <laughs> cool. I'm like legitimately so impressed at like how just your mindset and outlook on all of it. Like Thank it's you. really fucking cool. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. So, okay. So it, you get to this spot, you build a team back up around you. I'm curious, like now here you are, and I feel like there's still like the sky's the limit type beat. Like as much as you've lived all these lives, you also like for, for those who don't know, like, it's probably been like two, three years of like it kind of popping and coming to the mainstream. Like what do you, what's next? Like, what do you, like you put out a single, you're working on new music, of course, but mm -hmm. like, what, what are you excited about? Like, what do you, what do you want to do? How, how, where does it go even crazier for you? Oh, I, I mean, I'm really grateful for how far I've come. Like I'm super appreciative of it because yeah. I know it's still like a feat that a lot of people never even get to. But to me, like I'm not anywhere near where yeah. I want to be. I have dreams of being like on a stage in front of 10,000 people yes. and traveling the world touring and having songs on the radio and winning Grammys. So, so like, you're I'm not only, shit in my eyes. Yeah. Like you're only getting started. Like, yeah. that's great that you have the success, but like you're going all in. I mean, yeah. I guess that makes sense. Like little you, like if you're saying that at four years old, like you've had that vision. Yeah. Like, yeah. And like little me at however years old was definitely not expecting the music industry to be as in depth and complicated as it was. And especially like even in the last couple of years with TikTok and all of this stuff, like it has changed a lot. I rant about this literally all the time. Yeah. So what's just... your, yeah, please actually though. Um, what's your stance? What do you think on all that? I mean, okay. There's good and bad. I think what we were talking about earlier, it is really awesome that you don't need a label anymore. You can mm. do it on your own. You can do it from your room. You don't need a million dollars. You don't need like all these things. But I also think the rise of TikTok really like destroyed the music industry. Really? And it's because of like, I mean, think about it. Any marketing plan that exists right now for any artist at any level, at any label 
is yeah. literally like, we got to get it viral on TikTok. That is literally the epitome I really of like everything. Your music industry voice. We got to get it viral on that's TikTok. That's just how I envision every middle-aged man that's like a label executive to talk. Yeah. To come mansplain to you this platform that's been around forever. Have you heard of TikTok? They like don't even know how to open the yeah. app. They're like, you got to get on the TikTok and make it poppin'. But it's true. Like TikTok is the center of everything right now. And it's gone to the point where people's attention spans are so short. I feel like it's just created a culture of like, go, 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 drop, drop, drop. What's going to sound good on TikTok? I've been in so many sessions where I catch myself thinking like, this would go viral on TikTok. I'm like, this is not what I should be thinking about while I'm dropping music. But like, you you know it, like you're smart enough to know it, but then it's like this like dilemma in your head where it's like, do I have integrity and like build Because that that is what people care about. Like people don't care if you have talent or if you're good or if you play an instrument or if you're a good songwriter, good singer. When you go to like a label executive or a music industry executive, they're literally looking at your social media numbers and they're looking at how many followers and views you have on TikTok. And they want to know if you have a song that went viral on TikTok. Right. That is what matters. Right. Like it's like the your first impression is IG, Spotify, TikTok first six posts of each and what are the numbers yeah and like that's like that it's what an artist is yeah which is so insane it's crazy and like i get it social media is a tool for an artist it absolutely is and like tiktok is i watch tiktok all the time like Mm -hmm. clean talk cooking talk (laughs) fucking like cat talk like i love watching people do stuff but i think what also kind of happened is like in the past somebody that's famous or a celebrity is like a singer or an actor or a director or something in like the creative space. Now you can be a fucking orthodontist and have 5 million followers on TikTok because people just like watching videos of you taking people's braces off. You can be any career path, any type of person and be like, quote unquote, famous. Right. Like there's a lot less separation now between like an artist and a fan. It's become more of just like everyone gets viral and everyone has TikTok moments and anyone can get a following, which isn't a bad thing, but I think it has just made the artist space really like oversaturated and made people kind of like not give a fuck anymore as much. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, that was beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> Actually, though, because I think about this and I'm like, where, like, what's going to happen to integrity and caring about work and mastering a craft? Because if you spent your whole life learning how to write songs and and just like practicing with your voice and recording and all of these things, like there's a lot that goes into it mm-hmm. that separates the greats and all of that. And that's with any like art a photographer, you could pick up a DSLR camera and start shooting. But like when you see an incredible professional photographer, there's something there. Yeah. All of these people that have built followings were traditionally, they had a following because they they became great at a thing that people love. And now, like you said, an orthodontist can be famous. And what I guess you'd become great at being an orthodontist, but like cleaning the stove, right? Like there's a lot <laughs> yeah. of things. And I'm like, what happens then? Like, will people even aspire to create art? Will people aspire to master these really beautiful crafts? Or will they aspire to like just do regular shit and hope they go viral? Like, I genuinely wonder what will like, what will happen to some of these things that take like true craft and building? Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I love your, your attitude there, but I'm also curious 
If that's the case, you're very well aware of it. You understand playing the internet game. What then, like if you're in a session and you're like, I know this is good, this could go viral on TikTok. How do you balance that? Like, like how do you find that balance of like, you understand the internet, you know what works, but then you're trying to do something bigger than that. And does that really play into your plan of winning Grammys and playing world tours and, and, you know? Yeah. And I'm not going to sit here and say, I don't like post my stuff on TikTok. I no, definitely yeah, like do. And I would not be mad about it if I got a viral song on TikTok. But at the same time, I just don't want to focus my energy on that because mm -hmm. I feel like good music is good music regardless. And yeah. like, if people are going to find it, they're going to find it. If they're going to like it, they're going to like it. And like, yeah, I think I mean, every social media app has its heyday and then kind of like dissipates like Vine, Facebook, MySpace, even Instagram has kind of like passed its prime at this point. So it's like TikTok is just the new thing right now. Yeah. And I don't know, like I, I think I think it's just a balance of like still post yourself, promote yourself, use yeah. all the tools you have at your disposal to, to promote your music as it's, much as you can. It's the most effective tool right mm -hmm. now, but it's just a tool. It's, it's just a tool. It. I'm not basing like my songs off of if I think it's going to go viral on TikTok. I'm right. not going to like sit there and cry if my song doesn't go viral on TikTok. But at the same time, I am going to try to utilize that tool and, you know, just yeah. use social media to further promote my music. Yeah. That's, that's a really healthy balance. That's, it's, I'm glad you share that. I'm glad that you have that look because I think again, I think about the artist that's maybe at square one right now, 16, younger, whatever. And it's like, fuck, I guess I have to make a bunch of stuff that I don't believe in. It comes back to like the you that had to sing a bunch of songs that you're like, is this really it? Yeah. Where it's like, as soon as you just did your actual thing that you cared about, it went. It went because this is such a, this is something I say all the time. And it's so true. You cannot like a listener can't like decipher what they're feeling. But when you listen to music, that's authentic. And that you can tell somebody like really wrote from their fucking heart, yeah. you can feel it. And yeah. maybe you can't decipher what the exact feeling is, but what it really is, is that that artist, that song that you're obsessed with, that you love so much, that artist like was in their zone that day when they made that song and they made something that they like poured out of their heart. At least that's what I think. I God. think, you know what I mean? Like those songs that you just can always listen back to and is like a comfort song for you. It's because that artist was like comforting you through the fucking ether when they made it. Yeah. <laughs> God, the world needs more use of artists. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> I, like for real, like you, you set such a great example and it's like, Thank I, you. I, I, uh, I really hope more of that is rewarded and like, I, you know, like you're the type where I'm like, fuck yeah, go win a Grammy. Fuck yeah, go take over the world because Thank it's you. like past just having a good product. It's like, there's a good person behind it. Like that shit's so important, especially to set the example to all these people where it's like, Hey, uh, maybe still have values and integrity and, and do yeah. things right. Like, <laughs> in a world where that's maybe not the popular thing. Yeah. And I mean, even on TikTok, that's what gets popular. Like 
that orthodontist we're, orthodontist we're talking about, like mm -hmm. he probably fucking loves his job Hell and yeah. loves making the videos and yeah. thinks that it's so fun and like is having the time of his life making right. them. And, and that translates. When somebody loves what they're doing and is having fun doing it and it's not a manufactured product, but more of like an actual thing from your heart and brain, it translates. Even if it's an indescribable feeling, the viewer or the listener can feel that energy. God, you are so fucking smart. This Thanks. is like <laughs> such a refreshing thing. I mean, we're recording this like relatively late in the day and I think we both had like long ass days and we'll, yeah. I'll have a conversation like this and we'll be fired up for the rest of the week. Like it's so sick. I love having combos like this and it's... I was gonna get really high before I came here yeah. <laughs> and I'm like really glad I didn't because <laughs> would have been a different vibe. speaking would yeah. not be able to come out yeah. of my mouth if I <laughs> hit the bomb before I got here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do what you got to do, but I'm glad that we had this exact convo because it's really rad. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's so many other things, but I guess another piece that I try to incorporate into episodes and as this is like your first podcast, like I really want to make sure I'm not missing anything important or any bits of your story or anything that you think would be important to add. Definitely let me know. But I also have like a slightly generic end of podcast question, but I really like it. Go for Did it. I miss anything though? Honestly, no. Like, I feel okay. like we went over everything. Yeah. Okay. All right. got it. <laughs> so I, I, I like this one for a lot of what we already talked about. But like, if you were to go back to any version of you in this whole career, in this whole journey, is there a spot potentially like a lowest low or just anywhere that you now, like with where you're at, would go back to and give yourself some amount of advice? Wow, that's a really good question. It's a little cheesy generic, but no, I don't know. It gets a good. good it gets a good I think, damn, it's hard to pick because there's so many times that I would have done that. But honestly, I think like in 2020, I was at a really bad low. I really? was like not doing well with the team I was with at the time, had just kind of like wanted to fuck off of everything. I was really depressed. I was, you know, it was just not a good time in life. And I was yeah. feeling really down about my career and really like not myself. Like I almost felt like I was dissociated for like most of 2020. I mean, 2020 was kind of <laughs> hard for, for everyone, yeah, yeah. but um, I, feel I think I would go back to myself at that time and just kind of give myself a slap and be like, get up. Yeah. Fix your shit. Yeah. Don't be like, you're being crazy. Yeah. You need to calm down yeah. and you need to get your shit together because it's going to be fine. Everything's going to pass and you're going to be okay. Yeah. Because I can kind of get in these moods where I like allow myself to get like completely eaten alive by my emotions at times. Mm. And sometimes you just need to, you just need to slap it out of yourself. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like not let yourself be the victim of a circumstance. Exactly. Yeah. I, I hate sitting around like feeling pity for myself. Yeah. It's like the worst feeling ever. And like, yeah. I am raised by an Iraqi woman. There's no sitting there's, around there's and feeling pity for yourself. I'm like, mom, I'm sad. She's like, bombs flew over my school when I was in third grade. We had funerals <laughs> in school. Oh my I'm fucking like, God. All right, let me That's let me just so perspective. Insane. Yeah, perspective 
perspective is everything. <laughs> no, but I feel you. I, like, again, I think that like there's something so crazy about having parents that didn't grow up in the States that maybe did have like a harder upbringing. Yeah. Because you secondhand feel that and understand it and you get this perspective from them and it gives you that little bit of extra grit, that lack of privilege of like, oh, it's not just handed to you. And like, oh, it we understand. It absolutely does. Yeah. Having a privileged upbringing and having the chance to move to LA really early and being around some of the people that I'm sure you've been around with in this scene, like it can really change people and make them terrible. And I do not get that at all from you. Like you just Thank have you. like this really beautiful outlook on working hard and making shit with integrity. Thanks. And that's a great example to set to fucking everyone. Dude, thank you. Yeah, it's definitely been a journey. I have definitely been through a lot of shit since I've come here. And I do for sure think it like changed me as a person. I'm sure if I went to college and like, you know, did a different life path, I would be a completely different person. But yeah. I mean, I wouldn't change it. You know, yeah. you can't go back and change time. And I'm, I'm really grateful that I've experienced so much at such a young age because I feel like it's just given me so much perspective on life yeah. that like now I just feel like fucking hit me with it i can yeah, handle good. it i'm good yeah <laughs> i've seen oh. it <laughs> that's that's what's up though because like take away the streams take away the anything you have that like you have that core confidence and like you could come back from anything yeah which is like the most valuable thing ever it definitely is <sighs> i think we did the thing i think we did that i think we just did my first podcast ever that was you nailed it thank that you that was like you you like got like top 10 favorite andrew episodes like wow you, yeah high score you broke it i'm honored yeah. thank you yeah. thanks for letting me ramble about so many things <laughs> it was really cool it i'm really awesome. inspired thank you thank you yeah hell yeah <laughs> <laughs>